Do you know what it means to be chosen? It means to be picked out, to be decided upon, to be selected as the best or the most appropriate. To be chosen means to be the object of choice or of divine favor. What we will see in this series is that God chose David. He was God's chosen. And even though he had been chosen for a particular assignment, the fulfillment did not come right away. And that may be the case for you. So in this lesson or this series, we will see that we must be patient and prepared for the position that God has chosen us for. Are you ready? Let's go. Today, we're going to begin a study about um, a man after God's own heart. This is God's chosen. His name is David. And you know, his name means beloved. It means loved one. So if any of you out there know a David or you have someone in your family named David, that name means beloved and it means loved one. So we, we're going to go through um a few stories or um, sessions with David. David was anointed to be king of Israel, but that position was not assumed right away. Okay. In a previous lesson, we talked about Joseph and Joseph had a dream, but Joseph didn't have all of the details of the dream. Um, he had to go through some things before he reached his destiny. And what we're going to discover with David is the same as is true too with David. David was God's chosen, chosen to be king over Israel. Yet when he was anointed, he did not assume the throne right away. So let's just peer into the life of David and let's see what God reveals to us about his character, about what he had to go through um, before he assumed the position um, that he was anointed for. And this, this may be beneficial to some of you too. Okay. All right. Um, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. And beginning in the first verse, we see that the Lord says to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Now, Samuel was God's man. He was God's spokesperson. He was priest and prophet. Like, you know, my dogs are out there barking. Do you, do you hear them barking? I do. Let me see if I can calm them down for a second. Okay. Um, so he was... He was God's man. And so he was mourning for Saul and he was mourning for Saul because Saul had disobeyed God and this rebellious act caused God to remove his spirit from Saul. God had really dismissed Saul. And even though he was sitting in the position of king, God didn't recognize him as king over his people anymore. God had already selected and chosen another person to be king. Now, that's some important thing right there. 
<laughs> Even though the people didn't see it, God saw it. So anyway, God says to Samuel, how long are you going to mourn for someone I have rejected? I have rejected him as king over Israel. He said, it's time for you to get up. It's time for you to move on because that ship has sailed. And that might be a message for someone out there that's listening right now that you're stuck in a rut because you're mourning for something that God has said no to or that he has rejected. It's time now for you to move from your mourning and get to the place where God is trying to to carry you, okay? Use that as encouragement that, okay, that's over. It's time for me to move on. So he gives Samuel some instructions and he tells Samuel to fill his horn with oil and be on his way. He said, get on, I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem for I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Now, Samuel was a little fearful to go not that he didn't want to obey what God said. He was just saying, well, look, if I go and Samuel and Saul finds out the reason why I'm coming, then he's going to try to kill me. But see, God covered and protected. He provided for him um, uh, instructions or solution rather to his dilemma. That's the best way I'll say it. Okay. So he told him to uh, sacrifice. He said, get a heifer and tell them, take it with you that I've come to sacrifice to the Lord, which is what he did. Sacrifice went before the anointing. This is an act of worship. And so they worshiped God before they carried out this plan of God. That's what Samuel did. So he told him also to invite Jesse to the sacrifice. See, Jesse had to get there because remember, God said, I have chosen one of his sons to be king. And so Jesse needed to be there. And so did the sons. And he says, once you get there, I'm going to show you what to do. Now, God did not give all of the details, even to Samuel at the beginning when he gave him the instructions to go. Okay. He said, I'll tell you, I'll show you what you are to do once you get there. And when you are there, he said, I'm going to show you who you are to anoint for me. The one I indicate. It's important that we note. Because God says the one I indicate, because sometimes we'll want to choose based on our limited information, but God has all of the information. I'll show you in just a minute what I'm talking about. We're looking at verse number four in first Samuel chapter 16. God did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him and they asked, do you come in peace? Samuel was no little deal. He was a big deal. I mean, he represented power when he came because he was representing God. And so Samuel does tell them, say, yes, I come in peace, but I, I came to sacrifice to the Lord. Get yourselves ready, consecrate yourselves, he says, and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he, Samuel did, consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, he consecrated them. I don't know what that process involved. Um, and he invited the sons to the sacrifice. Now, when they arrived at the sacrifice, that's Jesse and his sons, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, okay, 
Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord says to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Remember what I told you earlier? He says, you are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Now here we are, Samuel sees, and this is God's man. You know, this lets us know that he's not perfect either, right? Um, but he sees Eliab. You know, he's impressive looking. He's good looking. He looks like he could be king. And he thinks to himself that, hey, this is the Lord's anointing. But God says, oh, no, I'm the one that's going to select him, not you. And he's saying to him that you're looking at his appearance. I don't want you to consider that. We do this. We consider the appearance of people all the time. But God is not impressed at all about, um, about our outward appearance. Not at all. It doesn't matter how much we dress up this body, put on fine clothes, you know, and thinking that we are looking good before God. God can see beneath all those clothes. You know, so he's not fooled by us trying to appear godly, right? Or to appear, appear um, important or powerful. God says, don't consider his height for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. Remember, people look at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord knows the heart of men. He examines the heart of men as well as the mind of men. Y'all know sometimes we like to say the Lord know my heart. Oh baby, yes he does. <laughs> he knows it better than you because we're told in Jeremiah that who can, who can really know the heart or understand it because it's deceitful or it's deceptive above all things. Even we don't know what we'll do in uh, certain moments because we don't know everything that's really in our heart, but God does. God knows. So anyway, God tells Samuel, he tells Samuel to discount. Don't, don't look at him because he's not the one. So Jesse goes on and he brings um, another son, Abinadab, and God hasn't chosen him. And then he brings Shema. God hasn't chosen him either. Then all seven, all seven of his sons, he had seven there at this feast, passed before Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen any of these. He hasn't chosen any of these. And so that brings concern to Samuel a little bit because Samuel says he knows that God, you know, God has given him the instruction to go to Bethlehem and anoint one of Jesse's sons. Pay attention to this, that Samuel is not doubting God because he says, God sent me here to anoint one of Jesse's sons. So instead of him saying, well, I guess that's not it. I guess I'll go on. I guess we'll go ahead and have the feast. That's no, Samuel didn't do that. Samuel knew what God had said. And because he heard and believed God, he knew there had to be a problem. And the problem wasn't with God. The problem was with Jesse. Evidently, Jesse didn't bring everybody to the feast. So what he says to Jesse is, 
Are these all the sons you have? That's what he's asking him. And so Jesse says, well, there is still the youngest, but he is tending the sheep. And the youngest, you know, he had not gone to the feast. He had not been consecrated as the others had. He had not even been considered by his daddy as one worthy to go to the feast. His father had discounted and dismissed him from this um, dedication service or this cons consecration service. You know, that's one thing to be denied by your daddy. You know, I heard somebody say um, that they thought that um, David might have been an outside kid or kid of a concubine. And um, so maybe that's why he wasn't considered. Another person said that he was young and so he wasn't considered. I don't know what the case is, but he was not seen as someone worthy enough by his own father. And I want you to know that even though your relatives, people close to you may devalue you in some way. God doesn't. <laughs> God may have selected you and chosen you. All right. So we don't have to become super discouraged when men don't re revere us. Okay. We need to remember that if God be for you, baby, who can be against you? So let's get to this, right? So look at what Jesse says again, he says, they're still the youngest, but he's tending the sheep, meaning he's working. He's working. So we didn't bother him. Samuel says, well, send for him because we will not sit down until he arrives. Look, don't be offended. Don't be upset. Don't be mad when you're not invited you don't get the initial invitation to come and sit at the table. <laughs> you may not get the initial invitation to be a part of the conference or the conversation. Don't worry about that because if God has anointed you, if God has chosen you, honey, they're going to have to open up that table. They can't even go forward at that conference until you show up. You are the shot right there. <laughs> so Samuel says, we're not even going to sit down until he arrives. So they send for him. Okay. We may have, or you may have people who are trying to omit you, but if God has ordained you, trust this, can't nobody oppose you. They sent for him. They brought him in. And they give a description. It's given a description of what David looks like. You know, he's a healthy young man. He's ruddy in appearance. Um, um, he has fine features. He's good looking. That's what David is. But he, he doesn't necessarily look like Eliab. I don't know if he's shorter. Um, his skin might be a different color. It might just be darker because they said he was ruddy in appearance. He could have been red. I don't know if that, I think that's what ruddy is. Um, but he was good looking. People would see him and say, he's a good looking boy. Now, when he showed up, that's when God spoke up. When he showed up, that's when God said to Samuel, arise and anoint him because this is the one. God said David was the one. Here Jesse and Samuel thought that it could have been Eliab, Abinadab, Shema, or the other 
uh, for that passed before. But God said, no, it was not them because God saw what was in their hearts. And what we will see, the first three that's named, they're named for a purpose because what we're going to see in another um, episode that these three's hearts, that's Eliab, Abinadab, and Shema, that they were kind of cowardly. They didn't have courage in their heart. But David, God could see that he was courageous. He could see that David was a warrior. David was one who kept the sheep right? David was a shepherd and the sheep keeping process, you know, you had to be one that protected and provided for the sheep. The sheep were susceptible and vulnerable to attack all the time. There were bears and lions and wolves that tried to, um, um, steal or kill the sheep. And then sheep would wander off. And, you know, you got to keep the sheep together because the sheep can't find its way back. A sheep is a dumb animal, they say. So here it is, David, right? God has chosen him because he knows his heart. He has already declared that this is a man after his own heart even though in his dad's eyes, he was the least likely, even in his brother's eyes, he was the least likely to hold the position, but not in God's life. Not, I mean, eyes, in God's eyes, he was his chosen. So guess what? Samuel anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And in that day, and that day forward, the spirit of the Lord came upon David with power. Now, one thing the brothers knew is that David had God's favor. They knew that uh, David had God's blessing because they witnessed this anointing. Now, I don't know how they felt for David. I don't know if they were happy for David, David that he had been anointed, set apart for a special assignment, that he had the Lord's favor. I don't know. And I also don't know, I really don't believe, I'll say it this way, that they were aware that David was to be the next king of Israel. I'm sure, at least that's my thought. You know, if you have some other idea, let me know. But it's my thought that they didn't realize that he was going to be the next king. Maybe even David wasn't aware at the moment that he was the next king because God in this passage only spoke it to Samuel. I don't see where it is written that it was spoken anywhere else. So what do I want to leave you with in this episode? I want to leave you with this, that God has chosen many of us. Now, the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Many do not receive or respond to the invitation that's being sent out by God to accept um a place at his table. Many will not receive Jesus um, as their Lord and Savior. So he says, many are called, but few are chosen. But when you accept the call, you are chosen. You have an assignment that God has picked out 
especially for you, right? Not everybody can be king. Not everybody can be CEO. Not everybody uh, can have the head position, but God has given each of us an assignment, an ability, a gift to use or gifts to use in his kingdom. But he's going to take us through some training so that we can be effective in the work that he is calling us to do. Number two, I would like for you to remember that sometimes you're hurting because of loss or you're hurting because you feel like um, life has disappointed you in some way. Someone has let you down. Look, don't get stuck in mourning. Move from that city of Mournville and get moving to the place where God will lead you. Just because one door closes, that's not the end for God. God is able to open windows. God is able to knock walls down. He'll open a new door. He'll open a red sea for you to walk through a Jordan River on dry ground. You know, he'll cause those Jericho walls to come down so that you can go through, possess and occupy that space. But you've got to get up out of mourning and not be anchored in that place. Number three, I would say that we need to recognize that sometimes you're not going to get the invite because people do not count you as worthy or they don't, uh, they don't, uh, count you as being um, smart enough or you don't look the part or you don't hold the credentials to be in this particular place. But don't worry about it because if God is for you, who can be against you? They can't really go forward with whatever the plans are until you show up but you just got to be ready and keep doing the work where you are. Um, and don't, don't get discouraged. Okay. Cause God is with you. His favor be upon you. All right. I want you to say that everybody's not going, I want to say to you rather that not everyone will be happy at your elevation either. And we're going to see that coming up. Everybody's not happy with how God lifts you up. Okay. It doesn't matter what they think. It's only what God thinks that matters. It's his favor that counts. All right. So yeah, we're going to stop right here today and then we're going to pick up another. We're just going to continue with this story of David because it's really good and we can learn some stuff uh, from this. So father, as we have seen in this study today, that you choose whom you want for your assignments. And I pray today, Father, that we are people who have hearts um, that are open and receptive to your choices, that we do not allow the spirit of envy or jealousy to run and rule rampant in our hearts. Praying, Father, that we have ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us, Lord God, that we will be obedient and follow your command. Help us to remember Remember that even when our own family and loved ones uh, dismiss us and discount us, that if you have chosen us and selected us, it will be well. Don't let us become discouraged by that. Help us to remember, Lord God, that we are to be
be those who seek to please and honor you. Oh, Father, I thank you so much for this lesson. Open up our ears so we can hear what your spirit is saying to the church and open our eyes so that we can see wonderful things in your word. Oh, bless these your people, Father, I pray. All right, now, y'all, don't forget this. This has been your daily dose and a daily dose of God's word is good for the soul.